0: hey city rev fam welcome back to city rev life podcast and today i am here with Pastor justin what's up whitney what's good what's good how you how feeling you man I'm doing well. I'm excited about what we're talking about today. Awesome. Ooh, he's excited, but I don't know if everyone else will be. Uh the, the topic for today is a dicey one. It's gonna be healthy practices for dating, man. Cause somebody in the room say oof.
1: Oof. Yeah. Man. Come on, Jeremy, cameraman. Give oof. me some oof. <laughs> he's doing it in the background. There we go. There we go. <laughs> a lively oof too <laughs> and
0: so uh today's topic is actually uh, a continuation of another episode of the podcast that we made uh it's called knowing when you found the one that's what that was and so uh this will be a continuation of that and so guys we're gonna dive deeper into uh, a couple things that justin's gonna uh navigate us through on do's and don'ts and healthy practices for dating so uh justin uh i guess the first question i would ask you is uh What do you do with areas of your life in scripture uh, that does not give you direct commands?
1: Okay, so the question is, and I think this fits for our conversation about dating, what do you do when you come across an area of your life where there's no direct command in scripture about it? So we started this conversation, the previous podcast, talk about how do you know when you found the one? We talked through the things like the importance of that person sharing your faith, uh, of that person being in that same spiritual direction as you. So we had some of that dialogue there. But there is no place in scripture where it says, you know, when dating you, you should do this or when dating, unfortunately, yeah, right. It doesn't give you those. And I I think of also like career there's, there's no direct command in scripture about what career you should do or shouldn't do. So we come across these areas of our lives where it feels like there's a gray area. Uh, It feels like, okay, what do I do when there's no do or don't in the Bible, if I'm trying to honor Christ in my, in my life, what, what do I do when I get to these places? So here's what I think is important. Uh, Number one is that if we are filling our minds with scripture and growing in our knowledge of God and and who Jesus is, what he's like, there's this um, similar phenomenon that I think we've experienced in other areas of of your life. So I don't know if, Whitney, there's a show you've watched before that you got entrenched in or um, uh, a particular series, a book series, novels, but there's this thing that can happen where if you read enough or you spend enough time watching a particular character you can almost come across a situation and start to think, "I wonder, I, I wonder if so and so, this character, right. what they would do in this situation." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like so, for some people, if you've if you've binge watched The Office, okay, and you're in your you're in your workplace, <laughs> like, you might have that moment where it's yeah, like,
0: "What would Michael Scott do?" What
1: you know? would Michael Scott? Or you have this hunch, like he no would definitely one asked that ever. Okay, he would he would definitely do this, or he'd definitely do that. Um, you know, I think people who have read a particular author. Uh, can start to think like that author of how things would play out. And there, that dynamic is what we want to happen when it comes to Scripture. Mm. We want to immerse ourselves in Scripture, immerse ourselves around the person of Jesus in such a way that we could tr- try and think and fill our minds with, okay, what what would Jesus do in this situation? And that comes as you immerse yourself into his life. And so I think the starting point for this conversation is, number one, filling your mind with Scripture Number two is uh, James 1.5. So if you would read that, Whitney, I think that's a helpful verse just to set up our talk about some healthy practices for awesome. dating.
0: James 1.5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives, you generously, who gives generously to all.
1: Yeah. So the principle James is getting at is if you are lacking wisdom in whatever area um, that your reflex should be to go before God in prayer, ask him. And he will provide the wisdom that you need. Right. And so with scripture and prayer, kind of a, as the starting point, we, we that is the foundation uh, for all of these other things we're going to talk about here in a moment. But let's get into it. So specifically three healthy practices in dating that we're going to walk through. So here's number right. one. Wouldn't do want you just... Uh, say it out loud. Oh, you know, I don't want to, but don'ts. The don't date in isolation is the first don't. Okay. So the first, the first healthy practice, it's stated in a negative sense. So I'll put it in a positive sense in a moment, but yeah, it's don't date in isolation. Uh,
0: Say it again. Okay.
1: Don't date in isolation. Here's the positive way of putting it. It's that the people that you know, and the people that they know, you should make it your desire to get to know. Okay, the people you know, your friends, your family, the people they know. Mm. Okay, their friends, their peers, the people that they run with, their crew. You should make it your desire to get to know. Uh, dating in isolation is unhealthy. So let's let's break this down a little bit. Mm. So um, if you've ever been around a person with a group of friends, right. uh, have you ever had this uh, moment, Whitney, where? you start to see an aspect of their personality that you've never seen when it's just you and that person.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like they're becoming a different person in the presence of this significant other. Yes.
1: Yeah. So if they have like even inside jokes, like you, you get around a group of friends and maybe you're dating someone and you see them with their friends and how they interact and, They might be a different person, but they might be the same person, not like they're trying to be two-faced, two different people, but you just see aspects about their character and the way they talk and the way they joke. You see aspects that you didn't see before. Right. Yeah. So uh, dating in isolation keeps you from being able to see those areas of that person's life and personality mm. that especially early on are important for you as you're deciding, OK, is this the person that I want to commit the rest of my life to? Right. Uh, is this someone? So uh, first and foremost, it's it's important to be able to see aspects of them and for them to see aspects of you. Mm. Let's turn this on ourselves. There, Ooh, there are things there are things about you Woodney, know, there are things about Justin that get highlighted depending on who we're around. Right. And that if you're in a dating relationship, that other person can start to see. Yeah. Uh, I think the second aspect of dating in isolation, um, that what it, what, why it's not a healthy practice, is that it lets you stay blind to your blind spots. So, uh, if you think about, uh, you know, the car analogy, right. So you're trying to change lanes and there's a car in your blind spot. Uh, and so you're trying to change lanes. And if you don't look over your shoulder, you can get in an accident. And when you're dating in isolation, you don't have the ability to really look over your shoulder, right? Because all you have is you and that person. Whereas if you are, Dating in the context of other relationships, friendships on both ends, those friends, those people uh, tight with you could help point out for you some blind spots.
0: Yeah. So you don't like to others start to be like a transformer. Just like
1: (laughs) Autobots roll out. Like you're not you're not
0: you're not transforming into something you didn't even see coming.
1: Oh, that's right. Because I think if we aren't careful, we can become someone we're not to try and please the person we're dating. Ain't that the truth? Can I get an amen? Okay, and then our <laughs> friends can pull us aside afterward and say, bro, what was that? Yeah, I don't <laughs> even know
0: you anymore. Yeah. Like-
1: <laughs> and, and that's a blind spot we wouldn't have been able to see if, if we don't have those relationships surrounding us. Right. You know, if, and if you find yourself, I think, if you find yourself in a relationship where your reflex, if you're honest is to isolate the relationship from your other relationships. I think it's important to ask yourself why. Yeah. It's important to ask yourself why. Why do I feel like I need to hide this relationship? Right. Why do I feel like I need to keep this other set of friendships or this set of family? Sometimes there are legitimate reasons. Yeah. Where there might be, uh, you know, unhealth and dysfunction in those areas and you're trying to protect the person. Right. But... More often than not, that's an excuse to try and keep something hidden that maybe deep down inside, you know, we know there's some potential unhealth and we don't want to be called out for it. Right. So I think in any relationship, it's always ideal in the context of community. You know, if you're a Christian listening to this Christian community who can help call us out and to have I mean, to have a trusted friend that you can share what's going on in your relationship. Obviously, there's a certain level of trust you wouldn't break, but at the same time, we need people in our lives that we can kind of bear our souls to.
0: Right. It gives Uh, you a sense of accountability. Sense of
1: accountability. That's right. Advice. Um, You know, there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. So first practice, don't date in isolation, to put it positively. Mm. The people you know, they know. You should make it your desire to get to know. All right. Number two, second healthy practice for dating is that as things get serious, regularly communicate about your future dreams and plans.
0: That's a really big one, especially for young adults out there.
1: Yes. So, yeah, especially for young adults, because you're on a trajectory type season where you're setting the trajectory for your life. Right. For those who are listening or dating, you know, in your 30s or 40s or 50s, you know, wherever you're at in life, you tend to be in a season where your, your direction is more set. More often than not, of course, there are exceptions to the rule. You're, you're right. settled in your career. Maybe you're, you're in the place where you're going to keep living. Right. But in that young adulthood stage, it's a trajectory season where you're setting the tone for the direction of the rest of your life. Exactly. So um, I can think of moments in my own life. I can think of in, in previous dating experiences when I was in college or think of moments with friends where it's two wonderful and amazing people. Um, people who love Jesus, but their lives are headed in completely different directions. Yeah. And as that relationship keeps going on, there's this tendency that I think is similar to dating in isolation in this sense. Hmm. A friend of mine used to say this, it was kind of one of his, one of his, uh, wise sayings. He said, um, people would often rather protect the possibility than face the reality. Uh, oof. so that that's the idea of, Because I want to protect the possibility that this relationship could still work. Right. I'm afraid to. So I don't want to face the reality. Yeah. And one of those face the reality moments is when you start talking about what you plan on for your future. Right. You know, it it could be two wonderful Christian Jesus loving people. But if one person is, yeah, I'm moving to Malaysia three months from now to, you know, pursue this. <laughs> yeah. And the other person is like, well, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. That's an important conversation to have. And it's an important practice in dating, right. especially as things get serious, um, to have those those healthy types of conversations. Right,
0: right. And so uh, how is it that, uh, well, since we're talking about relationships and talking about the serious things, when things start to get serious. Um, A question I bet it's on my mind as well as everybody else is like, how do we set appropriate physical boundaries and how do we keep them? Like, what are some of those and how do we keep them?
1: Yeah, as relationships continue, this is important from beginning to end. um, And this sets up our third practice. So we talked about don't date in isolation. We talked about regularly communicating about your future dreams and plans. But third is to set appropriate physical boundaries and keep them. Again, if you're listening and you're a Christian, you're a Jesus follower, then what that means in part is that you've submitted your life to the Lordship of Jesus. And so you are committed to honoring God in every area of your life, including with the way you uh, see your body, the way that you see the body of, of your, the person you're dating. Uh, and the biblical sexual ethic starts from the foundation that marriage is the relationship that God created right. where sex is to be enjoyed and nurtured, protected within that context, within marriage. There's Ooh, security sure. within marriage. There's yeah. safety there. There's something about that um, that relationship that God designed uniquely between a man and a woman to share in that part for, for both making children, for raising families, in right, right. the security of a marriage, um, and then as well as from... Uh, the standpoint of the connection that takes place. And so when we're talking about physical boundaries, we're thinking about the questions, you know, what are the types of situations where temptation occurs in a dating relationship? What are the types of scenarios where there's temptation to violate that sexual ethic, Mm. that design that God has wired for us? Because as it stands, if you're dating someone, you're not married. Right. And if you're not married, you might really love the person and care for the person, but there's not that covenant, that commitment that says, I'm not going anywhere, right. that says I'm with you always. Exactly. And when you mix being all in with your body, but you're not all in with the relationship, it breeds dysfunction. And so asking the question, what are those situations uh, where we're spending time together where sexual temptation arises? And then how can you set some healthy boundaries, some wise boundaries that help prevent you from entering in those types of situations? I think there are some basic ones. Like I'm sure you could think of some basic boundaries like, hey, don't do this or that. Like, What are the ones that come to your mind in terms of setting up some healthy boundaries when it comes to relationships?
0: Uh, The ones that come to my mind immediately is like... uh, don't hang out isolated at the other person's home uh after a certain hour like if it's like 10 30 and it's creeping on 11 and it's like you guys are there on your own you probably shouldn't be there especially at all types of night really and any time of day uh for long periods of time isolated uh like together yeah and like to not just to be to, to not be in company of others especially that's in good right good company
1: I think that's that's well put. And I think each person has to have that honest conversation. This is a good communication piece for the person you're dating. Again, this is assuming that they're... And this is one of the reasons why it's important to pursue um, relationships with people who share your faith right. so that you're having this conversation from the same starting point. Yeah. But the practice of, hey, I'm not going to be behind closed doors alone, mm-hmm. isolated with the knowledge that no one's going to come check in on me. Yeah. Okay, I, that this is, you know... Uh, oftentimes a certain time of night might be a good boundary to set say, Hey, like I'm, I'm going to be dropping you off by 11 o'clock or I'm going to be, uh, somebody used to tell me it's hard to be a gentleman after midnight, you know, (laughs) it's a challenge. It's a challenge to do that. Okay. (laughs) So having those healthy boundaries in place, and here's what you're doing. Uh, in that you are number one, you're honoring God and trusting God for what he says about sex. Number two, you're honoring that person that you love. Sometimes people say, but I love them. And this is the way I express my love for them. But ironically, if you are Christ follow, if you're following Christ, the way that you show love to that person is by honoring them in the simple reality that you don't know if you're going to be that person's spouse. Exactly. You don't know that. Um, And. The the truth of the matter is even if you do know, like, oh, yeah, we are getting married. The fact is you're not currently married Even when you're engaged. That's right. So having that posture says, hey, because I care for you and I want to protect the security and intimacy of marriage. Right. uh, You know, whether let's be real, whether that's marriage with me or that's you being married to someone else or me being married to someone else, if this goes in a different direction. That's one of the ways that we honor one another is setting those up so that choosing purity in our relationship before marriage paves the way for intimacy in marriage and setting the standard where we're trusting God with that, with that area of our life right. helps us when we get to the place where, where we're in marriage, whether it's with that person or not. Yeah. The other simple reality is the moment that sex and sexual intimacy is involved, it simply complicates the relationship and it starts to cloud your sense of judgment. There are things that happen in our bodies, physiologically by, by, you know, in our biology, our anatomy within, in the context of, of sex and sexual expression. There's God designed sex to link us, to unite us uh, and become one flesh with, with someone, right? Which is a beautiful thing in marriage, but when it's in a dating relationship, that can also cause incredible pain that didn't need to exist, Right. that didn't need to come there. So it's this powerful thing that's wonderful and beautiful. It's a gift from God to be shared in marriage. I think one more thing in this area, and um, you know, this might step on some toes, and I make no apologies for it. Mm. Uh, but within this context, I think this sets up the wisdom for why it's unhealthy to live together before you get married.
0: That is a very, very true statement.
1: That's right. It's, it's unhealthy to live together before you're married. If you're a Christian and you're following Christ, I know it's common in our culture. I know everybody does it quote unquote, right? Everybody else does it. Right. Uh, some people even say, yeah, but we don't, we don't, we still don't have sex. Uh, we, we aren't physically involved in that way. Um, all that I can share with you is it is not a sign of weakness. Right. Or a weak faith. Um, that you set wise boundaries. It's a sign of spiritual maturity and strength. Um, And if you trust yourself that much, um, you know, you are putting your trust in the wrong place. The Bible says to flee sexual temptation, to flee sexual immorality, to run far from it, not to put yourself on the boundary of it. And so uh, it is a healthy practice to live separately until that time comes right. when you are um, married. And that practice of living together and being together, sharing a home together, um, there's something to that that is beautiful in the context and security of marriage. So if you're someone that hears this and you're like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm living with my boyfriend or I'm living with my girlfriend. Uh, number one, this is not a word of condemnation towards you, Um, this is I think a a challenge and uh something to really consider. And I, I would even plead, you know, think through if you are seeking to follow Jesus, if you are on the same page spiritually, and you agree with Jesus about sex being something that's for the context of marriage, then think critically, think um a lot about are there some other living arrangements? How can you do something to separate? yourself in that way. And if this is the right person, what's stopping you from getting married now? Why are you living together, but not married? What are the the reasons for that? And if there is a holdup, oh, because I'm worried about this, then what are you doing living with them in the first place? You know, (laughs) so, so that's an important aspect to this. So those are the three items. Don't date in isolation. As things get serious, regularly communicate about your future plans and dreams. And third, set appropriate physical boundaries and keep them.
0: Yo, thank you, Justin, for giving some good insight on just a couple of things that uh, Scripture does not give us clear commands for. And uh, of course, there are other things that Scripture doesn't give us clear commands for, uh, like you know, how do you eat pizza? If you start at the crust, we are praying for you. I, I do
1: not know that. <laughs> <laughs> you but, never um, start at the crust.
0: You never start. It's just a rule. It's just a rule, right. a rule of thumb. Yeah. And uh, the the favorite part of uh, your entire uh, uh, teaching here was really James 1, 5. Um, And it's that, you know, God gives wisdom to those who lack, but he doesn't give wisdom just giving it. Like, I'm going to give you a little piece here, a little piece there. He gives generously to all. And um, I really think uh, that along with all these healthy practices, things that are not clearly stated in Scripture was really appreciated and super insightful. Uh, Awesome. Thank you, Pastor yeah. Justin. And I
1: think, I think with that, it, we have to remember, you know, the Bible, uh, there's a whole lot of areas it doesn't speak directly to. That does not mean it does not have wisdom for that area. Right. In fact, so much of the Bible has so much wisdom for dating Right. Uh, and filling our minds with it. You might not find a direct, um, you know, thou shalt not, you know, with dating uh, in the Bible. But there's so much wisdom, (laughs) right? There's so much wisdom. There's so much truth to be brought to bear on that area.
0: Right. Awesome. And so, uh, guys, we thank you, fam. We appreciate you. We love you. And uh, we'll see you next time on City Rev Life podcast. Catch you later.
1: Thank you for joining us on City Rev Life. You can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review wherever you're listening to this and we love it when you share it with your friends on social media. For more videos and content, go ahead and check us out at cityrev.org podcast or download our City Rev Church app. Have a great day.